And this is Ryan. And you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the buying, selling, guitaring. I left my notes at home. I don't remember how it goes. <laughs> you guys remember the intro. Just use your memory to fill yeah. in the blanks. Yeah. We're, you know what we are. We're a guitar podcast. We're back. This is episode 34? It's 34. 34? Yeah. Charles Barkley, I think. Okay, anyway. sure. I don't know, Sports. man. Uh, hey, football just started. Aren't you excited, Ryan? Super pumped. I cannot wait to watch uh, the sports ball get thrown or kicked <laughs> around whichever place they do it at. Yes. <laughs> All right. So Yeah. I, I don't have any opinion on sports. I know, right? Yeah. Unless you want to talk about my fantasy high-diving team. How is your fantasy high-diving team? I know. Team? Is it in season right now? It's not in season right now. You know, it, it was the end of the season was last week, you know. Oh, okay. And it's summer. All those kids go back to school. <laughs> Wait, this is a this is a youth? Yeah, it's youth. Fantasy high-diving team. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know they're you know they're <laughs> i don't want to get into this how does youth fantasy high diving work ryan <laughs> tell fa- me more the fantasy part of it makes it way creepy doesn't yeah. it now what exact age range are we talking about here is this like true pedophilia like under the age oh, of 13 this is awful oh i've ruined this for myself are these male, I can or, never... are these male or female or is it uh, is it it's co-ed. co-ed it's co-ed well, at least we know it's like just straight pedophilia and not Shut like up, also dude. homosexual. Shut up. <laughs> I feel terrible. I want to start the episode over. <laughs> I'm not going to. But, uh, I've been joking about, you know, having a fantasy high diving team forever just because it sounds stupid and I don't actually do that. <laughs> and now it comes around and bites me on a podcast where it's recorded and everyone's going to listen to this and be I, making jokes about I've, this. You've never taken it to that level before. So what will happen? I didn't is like, mean to. Is is usually around. My wife is in the other room and is texting me, and is like, "Gross." <laughs> so 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 what this is all about is like for years we'll have like a Halloween party or just like some general even like used to with the when we with Labor Day parties and stuff. Uh-huh. Like I would be over here, I being Steve. If you haven't figured out yeah, our voices, and I'm yet. Ryan. Um, and there'd be like two or three other guys here, and we all have like different like. Actually, it was kind of year-round because in the spring and summer, with with especially with our friend Jared, uh-huh. uh, talk about like fantasy baseball, and then in the fall and winter, it's fantasy football. Yeah. So we'll be talking, and Ryan will just come out of nowhere and be like, "Oh, guys, did you hear about my fantasy high diving team?" <laughs> because I'm an asshole. And we're like, "Yeah, well, basically, <laughs> we're like, oh no, tell us about your your fantasy high diving team that you made up just so you can yeah. mock our love of sports. I don't even know the name of moves in high diving. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it when the Olympics are on every four years, but right. that's the extent of it. Something about pikes and flips and I know it's real good to not make a splash. Yeah, no splashing. But, you know, if I was jumping from that high, if I was diving from that high, I'd want to make the biggest splash possible. That's what I'd be going the for. straight belly flop? Yeah, belly flop, cannonball, you know, the jackknife. The jackknife is always where I saw the biggest splashes at my community pool. Oh, yes. Where you like tuck one, one yes, foot that and one. Like, extend the other. Get a good splash off of that one. Well, you're just only supposed to do that at the beginning of your dive, and then you're supposed to like twist out of it. <laughs> when are we going to start talking about guitars? I don't know. <laughs> All right, Steve, what's new with you? Uh, I don't know, man. What's new with you? We, we got, got Polytunes! <laughs> 
We oh definitely planned that before the episode, and we feel dirty now. I feel like the comedic timing was a little off. There should have been a longer pause. Oh, maybe. Uh, this past week uh, for Labor Day weekend, that was a week ago. Yeah. That was a full week ago uh, before we published last episode. But uh, there was a Labor Day sale at Guitar Center. We saw someone post like on Wednesday or Thursday that Guitar Center was selling the Polytune Nors, which yeah. is like the tiny little miniature Polytuner for 50 bucks. Uh, so I got in my car. I had some other like errands to run, and I stopped by Guitar Center on the way. And I was like, give me two of those, one for me and one for Steve. And the guy at the counter was like, I don't know who Steve is, but okay, here you go. I'm actually all, like part of me is surprised given how limited the quantities seemed like they were. Uh-huh. Now, first of all, apparently the I didn't know that the Polytune Noir came out a long time ago. Yeah, well, it came out after the Mini, right? But yeah. I just I've only ever seen the the Mini, the white one. I've never this is actually when this person was like basically advertising they weren't like shilling but they were saying like hey if you need a tuner yeah my microphone's falling down the <laughs> it's been slowly like just falling yeah um that's the first time i've seen them in black oh, okay um and it's a really cool look i didn't i didn't realize how small they They're actually were super small i was uh, surprised when he handed me the box because it's the box is about the size of my regular polytune yeah i mean i can literally like wrap my hand around yeah but you've got thing. a giant hand so well that's what true. does that mean i mean put that in the hand of a child how big does it look it looks huge yeah yeah <laughs> it's like the size of a regular tuner yeah yeah in the hand of a child anyways uh but yeah we we're super stoked on that uh i think it was a deal where guitar center was just trying to drive in traffic where people would come in in the weekend and be like oh i, I saw yeah. you advertise this oh we ran out of those four days ago because we only had three in stock well, Which is literally what the guy told me at the desk. He's like, oh, we've only got three of these. And then I bought two of them. So on a Wednesday or Thursday, there was only one left for the yeah, weekend. I'm, I, like I said, I was kind of surprised that they, they didn't do like a purchase limit on these. Yeah, because, me too. Because it, it seemed like at least in the circles that we frequent for gear, like that they everybody was buying them. And a lot of people were going to stores and... Uh, not finding them at all. Yeah, I actually saw one on Craigslist this last week for sixty bucks. Oh, really? Which means that someone went and got one from one of the guitar centers and, and was trying to flip it. But another thing, uh, one of the reasons they probably did it is because you know the week after the sale, TC Electric announced that they're coming out with the second version of it. Yeah. So already it's outdated, but for fifty bucks. I'm super happy with my purchase still. Like I put it on my uh, on my dinosaur ghost board for my surf band, and it freed up enough space on my little uh, toolbox board that I've posted before that I was able to fit another pedal and have space above the tuner to store a slide, which right. is awesome. Like it's, my board is complete now. Like I'm so stoked just because this little tuner pedal. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know quite yet which board this is going to end up on for me. If it's going to end up on like my big board. Or if it's going to end up on the secondary board that I've been talking about for a while. Uh-huh. Um, but it's going to end up on a board, and I'm definitely, like, looking forward. Like, I mean, the Polytune has become really one of the go-tos. I think here here's my full opinion on Polytune versus other tuners. I have a TU2. I have a tuner on my phone. I've had, you know, other kinds of, like, little, you know, plastic pocket tuners and stuff like that over the years. 
if I'm doing an, an intonation on a guitar and I need as much accuracy as I can, I'm going for the TU2. That's just how it is. It's, yeah, I feel like it's, you know, a little bit more sensitive. It's a little bit more accurate. If I'm playing on a stage and I want to be able to tune quickly and like quickly find where problems are, polytune is the way to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At first I was frustrated with the polytune because it did feel a little bit slower when you're doing individual strings. Right. But the, the trick with the polytune is that you can strum all the strings and it shows you all the strings at once and shows you which ones are in and out of tune. And then you can just focus on those instead of having to go through each string like you would on a TU2 yeah. and figure out which one's out of tune. So they're really neat little tuners. Uh, I definitely recommend picking up uh, anything from the polytune family. If you're looking for a, uh, a tuner for your board for live tuning. Uh, like I said, if you're doing intonation work, it might be nice to have something a little bit more sensitive this according to this the polytune is more sensitive than the tu2 uh, i don't know i ha that hasn't been my experience so far huh. that's just you know my intuition when right. i'm you know working with these like i feel like the polytune has a little trouble tracking individual strings compared to the, to the tu2 hmm but that might just be my own deal maybe it has trouble tracking because it's too sensitive <laughs> <laughs> maybe well I'm yeah saying, like it's got that jitter because it's like well i'm saying like this according to the box and you know field field test is the bottom line sure sure so if the, you feel like the tu2 is better then then for you you know you're going to be more confident in what you're doing with it but i think the tu2 is supposed to be plus or minus three cents huh and the, according to the box a polytune is plus or minus 0 0.5 cents that's not so a lot of sense that's very that's like ultra accurate yeah but hmm. then at the same time like even if the sensitivity is higher because the meter it's the meter gauge itself might be smaller right it's might just be harder to work with right like it might be accurate within those levels but when it you know the difference between one little led indicator and the next might still be a wider gap than on a tu2 or something like that i don't know we're i'm just coming up with nonsense right now yeah. You're full of crap, right? I'm actually really stoked about this it. This episode's been real bad for me so far. You uh you called me up and uh when you bought these and you're like, "Hey man, you want a tuner?" I was uh -huh. like, "Yeah." Um cuz I was bummed like I was actually in uh La Mesa uh like I was actually in North Park. So our guitar center's our guitar center is what, like maybe I think it's like ten or thirteen miles from where I live. I would and, uh, think it's farther than that. I would, if I had to guess, I'd say it's twenty twenty five minutes away from you. It is twenty to twenty five minutes, but I think it's only like thirteen miles. No, there's no way. I know the San Marcos one is twenty three miles. It's that's like this is really interesting. That's like, listening. That's like straight line driving. Oh, that's yeah. like straight line. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, everyone who doesn't live in San Diego is just riveted it's just like right mental. now. Yeah, they're like, uh, oh, I just the, love the, this podcast. The point being is, is both of the guitar <laughs> center locations in San Diego are not like convenient, so I always right. go there when I'm like in the area. Yeah, and they're not on the way to anything yeah. either. They're way far out there. So I think, um, I was actually like sort of in the area on Tuesday. Sort of in the area on Wednesday. Uh-huh. And then I didn't actually 
But I found out about it like on Thursday, like Wednesday night or Thursday morning or something. Uh-huh. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like I've been wanting, I've been thinking about like the mini for a while and I, I, at 50 bucks, was yeah. that not like 40 bucks off? Something, you know, I had been looking at them a few weeks back just to fill, like to take less space on that board like I was talking about. And I couldn't find them less than like 76 on eBay. Right, and then they were like eighty or ninety on Amazon or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And there so were none that, of them on Craigslist. So. Right, I think that's like the new, like the new price was. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to to dropping it on. It sounds like yeah, you know, a lot of people are happy with it. it sounds like you're pretty happy with it. Yeah, so. I've used it for two band practices and a show already, and uh, no problems. Really happy with it. And mostly, I'm happy just because of the space it takes up. You know, it right? Takes up so little. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so uh, should we jump into some ads? Let's do some ads. All right. We have an ad here that I posted on the Facebook group and basically asked people to throw some comments at it and we would read the comments. But first, I'm going to read the ad. It is, uh, here's a description. It is an 80s Memphis Frankenstein guitar for $50 in Pacific Beach, which is a like a beach party town here in San Diego. Uh, a lot of stoner special guitars come out of Pacific Beach. Yeah. <laughs> the upside is there's a lot of stoners in Pacific Beach. Did you say Pacific Beach? Yeah. Yeah. Who want to buy like cheap amps and stuff. Yeah. And then when they sell them, they sell them for real cheap. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to read the description. I guarantee you won't find... <laughs> I read that so weird. I guarantee you won't find anything like this elsewhere. This is a Strat with the pick guard pretty much completely hollowed out to fit various electronics. There is a Dan Electro Honeytone 9-volt amp inside which makes it an acoustic at the flip of a switch. Well, no, it doesn't. It makes it have an amp built into the guitar. See, so that's the thing. And it, when I read that, I was like, "Does that? are you saying that with the flip of a switch, you can turn the amp on and it's like a portable like a an, an acoustic in the sense that like right, it's yeah, a you can self take amplifying guitar yeah that's what he means okay because i almost read it as like with the flip of switch you can turn this amp off and be silent <laughs> that's probably more accurate if you want to sound acoustic um okay where was i uh okay you should Sorry. She, he, he's referring to it in a gender sense now. She has switches to select every possible variable of pickups, allowing you to completely manip- manipulate tone. There is an unused switch on the pick guard, allowing the voltage from the amp to the speaker to switch to a new source. A sustainer pickup that can be easily be added on the top pickup slot. So he was planning on like putting like a Fernandez sustainer. Right in the neck pickup, and basically you could s- divert the power from the amp to that to make it run. Oh my gosh! So in the idea is, if you wanted to use that speaker and the uh, the sustainer at the same time, you're out of luck. It's just not going to happen. Although with a speaker built into a guitar, that might already function as a feedback machine where you get sustain off of it because yeah. it's resonating the body at the same frequency that you're I playing. I almost wonder, I mean obviously like there's there have been there's a there's a Karen what the company was that made it, uh but p- companies have made um the <laughs> spit built, out Steve. the built-in the gar- guitars with the built-in amps before. Oh yeah, totally. Um there's a bunch of them. There's like one big brand that was doing it was like Cinetronics or something. 
oh, Cistronics, I, I want to say something like that in like the eighties. Uh huh. Um, and that, something I never thought about is like how small does that speaker have to be that the voice mag, like the voice coil and the magnet, like don't affect your pickups. I know, right? Like. Or maybe there's some kind of fancy insulation going on that we don't know about. But yes, it's always been a really funky thing as far as I'm concerned. Those things never get terribly loud and they never sound terribly good. Because there's usually some sort of onboard like distortion that just sounds real nasal and gross. Uh, okay, so where did I leave off on this? Uh, you're talking about the sustainer or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he said, I never had funds to get the uh, the sustainer pickup. The action is quite off, but can be adjusted. I don't have the tiny wrench currently. <laughs> so he, I think he's talking about the wrench for the, the uh, bridge saddles. Yeah. And the frets could use some smoothing down. Um, well, I guess maybe he's talking about the bite on the edge of the frets. Probably. Yeah, I mean, these mean the Memphis top. guitars weren't No, that is a cheap guitar. By any means. They were like a, like a student-level guitar, the Memphis brand. Um. Something inside the guard is loose, and so the amp is not working, which is why I'm selling this super cheap to someone with the patience to fix it. It does not take an electronic professor. (laughs) Surely I'm not. This has been sitting in my closet for two years, and I think I'm finally ready to admit that I'm not going to work with it, as I am a classical guitar player now. (laughs) So the picture of this thing is nuts. Uh, we'll be posting all the pictures on the Facebook group. I, I've been posting pictures of ads in the same post as when we post the uh, the link to the episode. Uh, it's got... You know when you go to like Pet Boys or yeah. like, uh, like a Craig and Auto Parts, they have all the, like, the really terrible cheesy decals you can add to your lifted truck that'll put little chrome bits all over the place? Right. This guy found some swirly ones that like like Victorian filigree sort of things. Uh-huh. And he's just stuck them on random places oh on this guitar. Gosh. He's got the speaker from the, the Dan Electro Honeytone hacked in right above the, the pit guard, like right above in between the bridge and the bridge pickup. This thing's a serious hack job. How much was he asking for? 50 you? bucks. So I don't, you here's know, here's the thing. This guitar is probably only worth $75 in mint condition. Yeah. For 50 to pick up this guitar at all, even if it was free, you'd have to be down to work on this as a project and be like, I want to I want to explore what this guitar can offer me. Yeah. Uh, there are so many switches on this. There are holes for switches that aren't there. There are switches that apparently don't work. The sounds like this, the amp thing doesn't even work. So it's like... I, I will say, like, if it was 40 bucks and I had a garage, I might just buy this and throw it on the wall and... It might be something like when I'm bored yeah, and I feel like, you know, when I'm bored and like I've got a six pack in the fridge kind of a situation sure. where it's like I'm just going to go out in the garage, drink a couple beers and like stare at this thing and like, punt, you know, yeah. drill some holes in it or whatever. I, the, it's also got these like bat inlays on the neck, which is crazy. Did you see that? No. The inlays, they look... I think they're inlays. Either they're inlays or they're stickers. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if this guy put stickers on it. It might be stickers because I can't imagine like this guitar coming stock with that. Yeah, with bat inlays. So it's got like this Victorian vampire thing going on. It's red and black. It's just crazy. Oh my god! You know, if for if like he said for forty bucks though, I bet you could flip the neck 
on eBay or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and you could probably flip the pickups and the parts. You could probably wrangle, you know, 50 bucks of profit out of this thing. Maybe more on a really good day. But it's just so funky and it's I know. so it, weird. It's, it's a mess. Yeah. So maybe we should uh, read some of the comments here. Yeah. You've got those all up. Yeah. Uh, Co says, I find this guard- guitar disturbing. Um, Jimmy Smith Jr. says, will someone go pick this up for me? This is what I've been looking for. Uh, good radio here. Yeah. Come on, man. Be faster. <laughs> Jimmy Smith says, this guy is a classical player, and this is a his attempt at an electric? Weird. Uh, Nathan Cross says, uh, I couldn't really make sense of the picture because I was using the, uh, the Facebook mobile site on my phone. Plus I didn't read the ad. So. Oh yeah, no. Well, yeah, he, uh, he made a comment earlier in there about trying to figure out why this guitar had a vanity mirror on yeah, it. That's the, the speaker part. It would be funny if this had a vanity mirror on it though. It could play at the whole like vampire thing. Like, Oh, check if you're a vampire while you're playing this. Oh my gosh. It would make more sense to have a vanity mirror drilled into it than the amp that it has. Do you remember when that was a thing in the late 90s, early 2000s? Vampires? No. Well, yeah, but uh, like all these famous guitarists started taking those round mirrors that you would put like on your on your rear view mirror on the side of your car. And they would stick them on their guitars. Yeah. And there was all this like debate like, oh, what is that for? Is that just so they can look at themselves or is it so that they can, you know, see what's going on around them with their head down when they're head banging or something? Did anyone ever answer that question? I don't know. I think it just went away. It's like something that a bunch of people were doing. If I did that, it would just be so like I could pick one person in the crowd to like blind with the reflecting the stage lights. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. Uh, I think Luke Mundy made a comment that I thought was my favorite. Uh, he in quotations, he says, I have the tools to install an amp and speaker, but not the tiny wrench needed for a truss rod adjustment. Yeah. It's because the it's guy like, said he doesn't have the tiny little wrench for it's this like guitar. It's like, you have everything to hack this thing apart, uh, install a freaking amp, install yeah. like all these crazy a switches. A dozen or so switches. But you don't have an Allen key set. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, whatever. In the picture, too, there's some kind of crazy wire coming out of a secondary output jack. Like, it looks like a coat hanger wire or something like that. Yeah, I saw that. Like, what is going on with this thing? I almost wanted to go pick it up just to rescue this poor guitar. (laughs) Like, like get it away from this guy, and once I get it home, just, like, hold it and be like, don't worry, the bad man can't hurt you anymore. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No, what you got to do is you got to fix that amp, or fix the whole thing, get the amp working. Take it to church and be like, hey, hey, uh, whoever's running sound that week, be like, hey, um, do you, can I borrow, can I use one of the lapel mics? I need to mic my amp. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Or maybe that jack on there is the headphone out for the honey tone. Oh. So I could plug, I would run a, how would that work? I don't know. Does the headphone out mute the speaker? How would that be different than... Wait, did this guy make it so that if the speaker is engaged, you need to re-plug into the headphone out? Like, it doesn't go direct to the guitar output? It's crazy. He might have done something like that. If the speaker... If the headphone out on these amps, don't they cut the speaker? 
I don't know. That's crazy. Didn't you have one? I did. No, you probably, you know, it does cut the speaker, but why would there be a second output jack on this thing? Why is the overarching question <laughs> with this ad? <laughs> oh, man. I think I should mention that we're Steve and I are drinking water right now because it is uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So no beer for us today. Yeah. Now, maybe next episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should move on. I think we hit that as much as we're going to. Yeah, I got an ad here. It was sent to us by Adam Rohrer. Thank you, Adam. Uh, it's a collectible Squire Strat guitar, $350. I'm going to read this. Uh, I'm going to emphasize the caps as caps should be. Sure. I'm selling my USA-made Squire Strat. Say what? <laughs> USA-made Squire? WTF? Here's the story, straight from the mouth of one of the previous owners of Fender. In 89, Squires were being made in Mexico, but there was a fire at the plant. Fender had a lot of orders to fill, but with the factory out of commission, they filled the orders from the Coronado plant. There was no Coronado plant. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, where the USA strats are made. As a result, these rare Squires are made from USA bodies, USA necks, USA parts, the bottom line is that these are USA strats to be sold that had to be sold at Squire prices. There's an exclamation point there. Uh, I found this one used many years ago. Mine is white. It has a and it has a ding in the finish. Oops! Check out the flaming <laughs> on the neck. Wow! I'm selling it because I've come to the conclusion that I'm simply not a strat guy. I play it very rarely. It is a rare bird and is somewhat collectible, but it is a Squire. He spelled Squire like both ways in this. Like figure out <laughs> maybe one of it was like a copy paste. I don't know. Uh huh. Maybe it was just a typo. I think it's a typo. I misspell I Squire every other time I type it. That's because so. you don't know how to spell it. Yeah, I know. As such, it may never bring me bring the price of a USA strat, even though that is what it is. I'm asking three fifty, and it's worth every penny and many, many more. It feels and sounds every inch a USA strat. And it will crush a comparably priced new Squire Strat. Check it out for yourself. Um, so the oh, if you own an expensive Strat that you are uncomfortable taking out of the house, my Strat could be the perfect road axe for you. Was that the whole ad? I th oh, I deleted all the pictures. Never mind. Um, well, hold on a sec. Just on that last part. Yeah. If you own a Strat that's so expensive you don't feel c comfortable taking it out of the house, you're not going to pick up that guy as your alternate. Yeah, because you've that means you've got like, you know, a weird like six thousand dollars strat for some reason, like it's something vintage or collectible or something. You're probably just gonna go get if that's something in your price range. You're probably just gonna go get another USA strat, right? That's worth eleven hundred dollars, and that's gonna be your take out of the house thing. But I I get what he's saying, but it's like that's probably not a real scenario for most people. Yeah, um, the the picture of the neck. The, the wood neck, does look neat. The neck it looks incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the whole ad. Um, the neck looks incredible. Three fifty is not a good price. No. Um, no. Well, you know what? Three fifty is a fair price. I'll say that. Sure. I uh, mean, there is a neat story behind that, but it's not completely accurate, is it? Yeah. I went on. I did a little bit of reading. The whole like plant movement, whatever. I don't know if there's a plant fire. It says there was a fire, I, but whatever was going on with the Mexican plant, they basically moved everything to the U.S. 
they used a mishmash of parts. Right. So it's not like they were necessarily using USA Next on these things. Right. They were just slapping Made in the USA on it because it was being built in the United States. Right. But some of the parts were being sourced from like the there were stuff that was already slated to go to the Mexican plant. From what I understand, at one point, and this may still be the case, I have heard that the uh, all of the parts in the, coming out of the Mexican factory are like, or at least a lot of them for a long time, were being built in the United States, right? To like just lesser spec. Sure, sure. And then they're just sent off, or like they're like the reject necks that aren't warped, but like they didn't come through the machine as cleanly, so right. they send them to Mexico. A lot of that is just set up too. Like they don't spend the time cleaning the frets as yeah. as well, or they don't spend time as set up. They you know B grade woods or something like that. Yeah, I, I read it on a couple different forums. Uh, one one of them was a Fender forum. One of them was a TDPRI. I forget uh-huh. what that stands for, but it's like a tele, big Telecaster forum. But yeah. There's just a ton of Fender talk on there. And um, basically, like, a lot of guys were saying, like, these are good. These are good squires, but they're not better than, like, a, the current Mexican right. guitars. Right. Um, these are kind of just, I said in the group, because this ad came up in the, in the group, that these guitars are really, like, a really weird blip Yeah, for a company that, I mean, Squire was for the first like 10 or 15 years was just a really weird company. Yeah, totally. Like that fact that they were building, it was a strange division of a a company that was doing other weird things. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a weird, it's something weird that happened for, for a brand with Squire that was building guitars in the eighties that were blowing out like, um, or were being, or legitimately comparable to like us built guitars in the same era. Uh, when they were being built in Japan, by the time you know, by the time that this guitar would have been made, they'd already moved Squire from Japan to Korea, and then to Mexico. Right. Um, in fact, I think when this happened was like right during that transition, uh, and then you know they popped out a few from the USA, but that doesn't make it a USA quality right. instrument. And there might be you know a couple odd ones out there that do that did end up with an American neck or did end up with American pickups or you know, a body or something like that. But that was probably just a really bizarre thing where, oh, we ran out of this part. Just grab one off the pile over there. Sort yeah. Of thing. No, like, um, it was, you know, it's a, it's a mutt. Like there's, you know, who knows what's in it. Uh, it's got collectible value just because of the weirdness of the situation behind it. Yeah. But it's not like this guy makes it sound like, oh, this is a inch by inch American strat no. that just has Squire printed one on it. One of the sites I read, and it would be easy to verify on this, you just open it up. Uh, uh-huh. but one of the sites I read was saying that um, all of the electronics are are import. Yeah. Like the pickups are the big weakness. Uh, apparently the tuners they put on these weren't great. Sure. I, I don't know. Well, 80s um, Fender, anything tuners yeah. weren't great. Um, but they said like definitely like the pickups and the electronics were subpar, uh-huh. at least compared to like the quality you would expect with an American guitar. So yeah, weird. It's a weird instrument. Three fifties at the very top end of the price range. You can find these on eBay in like the two fifty to three fifty range. Yeah. Uh, maybe one like gets up above that every once in a while, but for the most part, um, it's not that great. You know, it's not like a mind-blowing deal I mean, here or anything. If you're in that price range, 
and you're looking around at like newer Mexican fenders or, uh, you know, kind of higher end squire stuff, you know, this might be your jam. This might be yeah. the sort of thing where like, okay, that's going to fill the strat hole in your life. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable. Like I'm even the line, it will crush and comparably priced new squire strat. 350, that's classic vibe. Yeah, those and are really classic good. vibe. There are guys who are t- playing classic vibes over like Fender USA yeah. legitimately right now. I mean, because the necks are great and the pickups are great yeah. on those things right now. Um, and they're like 350, 380 new, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I there's a guy trying to sell a CV uh, 60 Strat on Craigslist right now for like two. 50 to 75, I think. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's you can find the classic vibes under $300. Yeah. He might find someone who's, uh, you know, interested enough in that story that they pick up that guitar from him. But yeah. uh, it wouldn't be me. No. No. I would, for me, I would probably go 200 max on that if I was looking at it. Right. Like, seriously. We got time for one more ad? Yeah, we got time for one more ad. Woo! Uh, didn't someone send this to us a while back? Uh, yeah, it's it's off of... Is it off of Reverb or Chicago Music it's Exchange? It's off of Reverb. Uh, that's Reverb, right? I can't tell from yeah, here. Yeah, I just printed out a, a screen grab of the thing. Oh, it is from Reverb. It says Reverb right there. Uh, someone on the group sent this to us a few weeks ago. Thank you, whoever you were. I don't remember. Uh, if you want to take credit for it later, just post in the Facebook group. Uh, this is for a BC Rich... ST3 Outlaw in quotations, the black hole 1989 yellow and black USA mint. And uh, whoever posted it posted it kind of confused that this is a BC rich that is full of holes like a slice of uh, Swiss cheese. Yeah. And they are asking $3,700 for it. Right. Uh, you know, there's a comment, a lot of comments on the holes in it because that's a really funky thing. Uh, it's a very like '80s shred thing. Oh, absolutely! There was a bunch of guitars in that time that had this holy thing going on. There was one a local guitar shop had one for a while that was like this powder coated aluminum body that was so full of holes that like it became distracting. Where huh. like the uh, like there was you could see the line of where like the control cavity was. Because the holes oh, were butted up right next to right. it, sort of thing. Uh, for some reason, that was a thing in the '80s to have all these holes in the guitar. Maybe so you could see more spandex through the guitar. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so you could see, you know, the guitarist belly button well, ring, or also so you know, you, it <laughs> makes it easier to carry your guitar because you just put yeah. your finger through the hole. Sure, you could if your strap button breaks, you can just tie like a string through one of the holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this thing has got... Uh, well, all those 80s guys had, like, boas on their mic stands, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I just thought of terrible things. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You, you use your imagination. Think of your own terrible things and don't tell anyone. Yeah, please. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Uh, okay, so this thing is bright yellow, like nuclear yellow. It's got the, uh, the humbucker, single, single, Floyd Rose kind of set up. Uh, individual switches for each pickup so you can individually select each one, volume and tone and whatnot. And I think there was a little bit of a question of why is this $3,700? Because the I think most people's experience with BC Rich over the last 20 years is that they are kind of your $150 to $300 
entry level fodder at Guitar Center. Yeah. Just very pointy, very novelty looking guitars with, you know, prints of flames or lightning or fire or demons on them yeah, or something like that. Yeah, they've definitely been like angle, like shooting for the whole like novelty heavy novelty, metal. Oh, you listen to Guar, you need this guitar. Right, right. Uh and you know they that has been their look forever and even in the 80s it was like a hair metal thing to have the uh the warlock which is like the x-shaped guitar yeah and you know have it in be in neon colors and whatnot but the thing that i think a lot of people now don't realize about bc rich is that their usa custom shop and their usa production models are like top notch oh yeah incredible quality even if they look funny like sometimes you'll see them come up there will be uh they have the the model the the bitch or the mockingbird the bitch is spelled b-i-c-h by the way i think yeah uh and they'll do these like 10 string versions of them where you have just regular low e and a and then you have doubled strings on the rest of the strings. Right. And they've got the tuners on the uh, on the butt end of the guitar. So you've got tuners on the headstock and then tuners on the other end of the guitar. Incredible amounts of switching variations on those. Yeah. They'll have like a dozen switches on them for whatever reason. Some kind of crazy flamed maple tops. You know, multiple woods. There'll be like, uh, what is the purple wood that they'll have in there? and. You know, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. But they make these really incredible instruments that just have an aesthetic that doesn't make sense for, for today. No. But they're definitely worth the thousands of dollars that they ask because of the craftsmanship that goes into them. Oh, <laughs> here, I'll, I'll pass you the ad. Uh, it's just, you know, they're funky beasts. So this guitar I actually sold on, ended up selling on eBay. Did it? For how much? Yeah, uh for $2,170. Wow. That's still pretty good. That's that's you know close to half of what they were asking on Reverb. But still, it's, someone was willing to pay thousands of dollars for that instrument, even though it's got holes in it. <laughs> yeah. It says it's sold, but it's not saying... Well, it's not showing a ton of information. Huh. Uh, but yeah, it says it's sold. It's a really cool looking guitar. I'm. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, if you're the type of but, person who's into like 80s shreddy kind of guitars, that's going to be a solid guitar. Yeah. It's going to feel great. It's going to be, it's going to have all the, like the fine details that you would expect out of a multiple thousand dollar instrument. For sure. Even though it looks like a joke. <laughs> even though it looks like Swiss cheese. And yeah. It's not just Swiss cheese. It's like cartoony. Yeah. Bright yellow Swiss cheese. Yeah. Like, you know, Jerry the mouse would be pulling this off of a <laughs> right. off of a trap or something like that. Yeah. Uh so should we get into the topic? Uh well, you know, before we get on the topic, this oh, is yeah. going to be a we new, a, we new a, thing for us. We have a buddy we want to talk about um, here. But uh this past week, um actually for the last like two or three weeks, uh Ryan and I have been talking a lot about uh just amongst ourselves um doing some promotion and trying to partner with um some up and coming electronics companies or like pedal companies or guitar companies. Yeah. Just uh, especially get, pedal stuff. It's hard to, yeah. it's really hard to promote guitars. Sure. Um, in my opinion, but, uh, pedals are, you know, they're small. They're, I, there's something I feel comfortable, you know, yeah. promoting. And well, you just want to kind of help get the word out on products that we're looking at that we like. Yeah. And, and that, that we want to kind of stand behind. And if it, if, you know, if by doing this, 
but at some point it morphs into, you know, a template of how we can have, you know, promotions or some kind of, you know, like agreement with companies and whatnot, then so be it. If not, then we're just promoting, you know, people whose stuff we like. Yeah. So, uh, we, I, I was, I started talking, I saw one of these pedals, uh, the loaf, uh-huh. Uh on I've been seeing actually the loaf on a few different boards but I don't really know what it is. Yeah. I just learned about it. People ha- I've been seeing them too. The, the the company is Big Ear NYC. Yeah. Uh this guy's only got 5 pedals currently but he's doing a push to do a whole new line of pedals for Winter Nam. Yeah. Uh but a couple of his pedals have made a big kind of splash. They're really clean looking. Like you put one of these on your board, every time I've seen one on a board it's like that's the pedal you're looking at. It stands out. It grabs your eye. He he talks about it. Um, so in order to do their winter NAM line that they really want to do, they have something going um, on a site called Pledge Music. It's mm-hmm. uh, pledgemusic.com slash projects uh, slash. It's like a crowd crowdfunding sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's. This is the problem with the phone is like I can't see the whole freaking link. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, speak. Steve is going to swear at his phone and turn this into. Thanks, Siri. Oh, Big Journey C. Okay, so it's slash project slash Big Ear NYC. Again, it's pledgemusic.com slash projects slash Big Ear NYC. We'll post a link. Yeah, we'll post a link. If you jump up on, if you just Google Big Ear NYC, his main site will come up. Uh, he's got a few different pedals. I'm going to read, this is the letter that's on the Pledge Music site. Um, he says, uh, the, the guy who runs the company's name is Grant Wilson. Um, he says, hey there, uh, Big Ear NYC here. We're a boutique effects pedal company based out of Brooklyn, New York. We've got a whole line of distortion, fuzz, and overdrive pedals ready for you with tons of more, tons more in the works. We're planning to release five new pedals at the NAMM show in Anaheim this coming January. Our friends at Pledge Music are giving us the chance to share these pedals like never before. Have you been jonesing for, jonesing for a new tone? Now's your chance to grab a pedal pack. Want to sample the goods beforehand? Place any order, including the $10 thank you card, and you've got access to the to a pledgers-only section of the website where, where we will demo each pedal and show you the design manufacturing process. Our bunnies, Pam and Chase, might even make an online appearance. A huge thank you from the entire Big Ear NYC team. Uh, one of the things that's cool about this, and I don't know how this is set up, um, there's a great video on here. One of the new oh, pedals yeah. that they're um, going to be coming out with at Winter Nam is called Zidelay. Yeah, it's like a kind of a French thing, and it sounds rad. It's a, it's a pretty simple delay. Um, one of the things he says in the video, which I totally agree with, is that the design of these pedals from an aesthetic standpoint is has a simple elegance. Oh yeah. Where it's like there's something about the design where I look at it and like automatically right away like the name is like ingrained in my brain. Uh-huh. And like they're just really clean pedals. They're really beautiful, very simple. There's no graphic except for text, but the way the text is handled is really great. Yeah, they're the, and then, you know, I'm a graphic designer so I get to have an opinion on these yeah. things. So They're the kind of pedal where you see them and you're going to see them on a board, and right away you're going to know. Yeah. If you see that, that is a big ear NYC pedal. Yeah. And you're also going to be like, if you see it once, you're going to notice it every other time you see it. Like you're yeah. never going to forget that you saw it. But let's talk about what these sound well, like. I was, I was, what are you going to do? Oh, so one last thing with sure. your pledge music. So, I mean, I think you can order direct through their website. 
with the pledge music, um, you do get like these gift packs. You can pick from any of the pedals you have. Uh-huh. It's a little more expensive, but you get like stickers and a bunch of other stuff with it. Yeah, I think there's and, shirts too. And and, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure what all is in like the swag packs. Um, but on top of that, 10% of the uh, donation is going to go to Autism Speaks. Nice. Uh, which is a charity. I don't know a ton about them, but I know like, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of research going into autism right now because we're just learning a lot more about it. Yeah. Um, so go to the website, check out the video. We're going to talk about a couple of the pedals. Yeah. Let's, uh, well, there's, let's talk about the loaf because the loaf is interesting to me. Uh, it seems to be a popular one. Uh, the guy claims that it is based on like a sixties or seventies kind of sound. Right. Or maybe that it's just, you know, out of that kind of time period of sound. But it, he kind of makes it sound like it's an original circuit to him. It's not a copy of a fuzz face. It's not a copy of a big muff or anything else. Like right. He came up with his own fuzz circuit. I listened to demos on it. It sounds really full. Like it's really full sounding kind of, but it still has that little bit of like a high end grid on it. Right. Like if you wanted to do kind of like a trog sort of thing, it'd probably be a good place to start. Or, uh, you know, kind of like a psychedelic. Yeah, the thing that's what stood out to me right away is that it's a three-knob fuzz. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always really nice, too, like, if you're looking for a fuzz that's versatile. Because a lot of fuzzes, it's a silicone fuzz. A lot of silicone fuzzes are just two-knob yeah. volume and gain. And if you need something that either cuts more or gets darker, then you're out of luck. It's always nice to have a tone knob on fuzzes. Yeah, it's, whenever, whenever I see fuzzes, I feel like... I mean, I guess the big muff is a three knob, but I feel like most of the time, like your classic fuzzes, like the fuzz face is a two knob or it goes the other direction where um, you get into like Z-Vex you know, where you got the six Z- knobs. Yeah. The Z-Vex stuff where it's like, you know, stab. Yeah. <laughs> Gate. Or you, know, you have control options over all sorts of different parameters of right. the fuzz circuit, which there's not a lot of stuff in fuzzes. <laughs> so it's like you get this six knob fuzz. It's basically a knob for every component of the right, fuzz. Exactly. <laughs> and you know that's that's whatever you make of it. You exactly. Know, obviously, a lot of people love the fuzz factory, so you can't yeah. really knock Zvex. No, not I at just, all. Uh, the loaf is you know it looks great. What's the other pedal you want to talk about? Uh, he's got a pedal called the Woodcutter, which is kind of a boutique take on a rat pedal. Oh, the Woodcutter is the one that I like. Yeah, it's, dove into. Um, I've got a rat too, uh huh. And I'm always like, I'm always, I'm not always. I wouldn't say I'm on the in the market, but I'm always on the lookout for like rat style pedals. Yeah. And the woodcutter definitely like nails totally uh, the rat sound. And I guess the woodcutter where that comes from is um, on early issue rats. I, I'm not sure exactly what it's era. the name of the box that they used to be in. Right. Well, what it is is it's if you open it up. Inside the circuit, there would be like a label across the pots. Oh. I don't know what that no one that I, the various things I was reading, no one really knew why these uh-huh. labels were on it. But one of the ones that was really popular is, is called, had a label that said woodcutter. Huh. And so there's kind of just this mythos about uh, these certain uh, rat boxes. And this is the original rat, not the rat too. Right, like a big box. Um, I'm not sure. I think so. Like I looked at pictures of okay. it. Okay. Uh, but it definitely nails that classic rat sound. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. And, um, Warm that- and kind of fizzy and kind of grindy a little bit. Like a good rat is supposed to sound like what, what I would describe it as 
is like a tube screamer that's trying to be a fuzz. Sure. Okay. I can hear that. Yeah. Because it's kind of got that real that. tight, like grainy pattern, but then it's much more pronounced. Yeah. And then it's like people think of it as a distortion, but then really it's more like this whole other thing. There's just the rat is so versatile and a lot of yeah. guys um, are using. It's funny. A lot of guys I know are using that have. I'm just not talking well today. <laughs> we're not even drinking booze and we're having trouble. Um, Maybe we need to stop blaming it on the booze and just realize that we have a problem. I, <laughs> um, one of the things that I see a lot of guys talk about the rat is, is using it as an overdrive and turning the gain way down. Yeah. And I've listened to some demos and actually I've listened to um, on the woodcutter, one of the videos I watched on YouTube. There's a ton of videos for big ear pedals on YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that's another way, place to yeah. demo them. Uh, Lance Seymour, who's behind all of the gear talk sites. Yeah, I watched some uh, of those videos. Done a bunch of di- videos. Those videos are top notch. They're really well done. Yeah. Um, and he shows some of the like the woodcutter like low gain. Yeah. And I'm like, I've never even thought about running my rat that way with the gain down and the volume up. Um, but it sounds fantastic that way. I usually run mine like a more of a high gain for more of like a classic uh-huh. tight uh, compressed 80s distortion. Right. Like I really, I'm not like a metal guy, but I actually find for, or like a shred, arena rock, whatever sure, guy. Sure, sure. But I find for like ambient sounds that like really tight compressed distortion works really well. Like with the delay, it just, it blends really well. Yeah. And again, like the woodcutter just, it nails the rat sound. Uh-huh. Um, I'd love to AB one of these with my rat. Uh, so I may have to fork out some cash and make that happen. <laughs> we'll see. Well, if you're looking for, you know, an original rat pedal, it's going to cost you may w- way more than one of these things. I think his prices are pretty fair for like a boutique sort of line. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a, it's 165 direct from him for one of these things. I'm sure you can get, you know, them in the 150 range if you're going used on reverb or something like sure. that. Uh, uh, he's got a couple other pedals. He's got a Chaka octave fuzz, which is kind of, from what I heard, it kind of is it's just your classic octave fuzz. It's got two switches, so you can disengage the octave if you want or engage it. Yeah. Uh, three knob, uh, silicone kind of thing. Uh, he's got a buffer called the Buff Daddy, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. I think that's a great name for a buffer. Uh, if you don't know what buffers are, have we ever talked about buffers? Um, we haven't. Let's talk about it in another podcast. Yeah, we'll do. A buff- That's a whole other topic. We'll do because, a buffer podcast because buffers and clean boosts are like such a big thing right now. Yeah, yeah. With yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, he's got another pedal called the Frank, which is a mystery to me based on the description. Like it sounds really good. It sounds like kind of like a light overdrive, right? In what I was listening to, but he. All he says in the description is that it is based. Uh, it says the Frank is an LED based low gain boost overdrive utilizing a Burr Brown op amp to achieve a saturated amplifier like drive without overcoloring your tone. So I don't know if that's something that's based on any existing pedal. I don't like. We know what the 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 Burr Brown op amp is. It's a component that's used in pedals. It sounds like it's often used in modding pedals, like in like DS one mods or Monty Allen mods and stuff like that. They'll mod drive pedals with these things to make them more smooth. Yeah. The Burr Brown is a really popular chip uh, for replacement of like the stock 
uh, op amps in Tube Screamers, uh-huh. uh, in the Boss SD1, and the Boss DS1. So it sounds like he just built a, he designed an overdrive circuit around this thing that other people use to tame other pedals. Yeah, I've got uh, the, at least I had, I'm not sure if it's still in there, uh, a Burr Brown in my uh, SBN Lil Eagle. Uh huh. And that thing definitely, like the, the thing that's really, um, that I noticed right away with the Burr Brown is it doesn't have like the big mid hump that a tube screamer has. So gotcha. Because I had the JRC uh, for whatever the popular, like it's the JRC 4558 or 4559 uh-huh. uh, in that pedal before. And um, when I swapped it out, the Burr Brown, like it has a lot more volume on tap. Oh. It's a lot, cl- well, it's a lot cleaner. Uh huh. So maybe it's not more volume. It just like it's a cleaner sound. There's not as much of a mid hump to it. Um, and even though it's cleaner, like on the front end, or like it feels a little brighter, may, probably just because it doesn't have the big mid hump. Right. Um, it actually is a little higher gain overall. So it actually feels like it gets a little grittier at gotcha. high gain. It's a really cool chip. Um, so I, I would, I mean, just based on that description, this is probably a really great yeah. overdrive pedal. The videos I watched on it, it sounded really neat. It sounded like the sort of thing that I would use for Dinosaur Ghost. Right. Like uh, almost like a like a DOD 250 sort of thing where it's like more dynamic, open-ended kind of like sparkly drive instead of your super compressed tube screamer sort of thing, you know? Sure. Yeah. So super cool stuff from Big Ear. I hope you guys check them out. Uh Order stuff from him. Send him some money. Yeah, yeah. F- finance his new line of pedals for Winter Nam. Well, and that's the cool thing. It's like if you can't afford, you know, the the, the pedal stuff is... If you can't afford a pedal right now, because, you know, 165 is a great price for a boutique pedal. Right. Uh, but, yeah, you know, d- that's definitely more than we usually spend on yeah, pedals. Yeah. Um, but, but we buy used. But for the pledge, like, brand there, there are, like, swag <laughs> packs that are, like... It's starting at like ten bucks, yeah, yeah, twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, whatever, like up and down uh-huh. uh, the range. So there, you know, it's not just you. You gotta buy a pedal. Like, there's just a whole range to it. Well, you don't gotta do anything. Well, really. sure. I mean, we're not. I'm saying like you don't have to buy a pedal to support <laughs> sure. what he's doing. Like, he has other options available. Sure. Uh, I mean, if that. anything, you should just be looking at these pedals to see what they sound like. For to sure. See what's out on the market. Yeah. Get the word out. I mean, I think this is uh, this represents what's good about uh the boutique kind of market yeah like there's there's companies out there that i think represent what's bad about it i think this guy represents what's good yeah i you know like i we talked about at the beginning like the cleanliness the yeah. the i'm not a huge aesthetics guy with pedals but i just love that there's a unified look oh absolutely. across the board it's a you know super well branded uh they look super attractive on all the boards i've seen them on yeah yeah, good stuff. All right, let's get into the topic. Yeah, so uh, I woke up this morning early because uh, I was taking care of my sweet little baby. He woke me up baby. pretty early, and I jumped on the Craigslist first thing as I was holding him there, just checking out computer stuff. And uh, I saw this ad come up for 45 bucks, and I knew right away I had to show it to Steve. Yeah, and I just what was what did I say? I just said, "Dude," and I, t- and I sent uh, you the I'm link. Not, yeah, let me see if I can find it. Um, so what we're talking about 
guitar wise here is in my wheelhouse of kind of what we were talking about earlier actually yeah another squire uh this is a squire sq series uh squire bullet one yeah just, you just said dude yeah um and this is a bullet one this is basically a like a 1983 84 85 somewhere in, i think the sq was 83 84 it might have been a little it might have been 84 85 i don't remember it uh-huh. offhand but it's that era um, made in Japan. It's basically like a. Is this un, is the body undersized? I don't remember. Yeah. Well, it's a completely unique shape for yeah. Fender. It's kind of like a stratish double cutaway thing going on. Right. But Free, then the, the 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 horns are much more curved than a yeah. strat. Um, Telecaster style neck. It is a uh, Telecaster neck. Like even the heel is flat at the yeah. bottom. So you could slap this on a Telecaster. When I got there, oh. See, I'm trying to figure out how we should talk about this story. I've just had a really eventful Craigslist week. Yeah, it's been you a have. great Craigslist week for me. Um, and it might, the weekend might end up working out pretty well too. Um, but uh, anyway, with this, uh, maybe we'll talk about that next podcast. Yeah, I think Craigslist we should week. for new stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, this guitar, um, Ryan sent it to me. I emailed the guy, like, I looked at it, I'm like, Oh, he's in Mira Mesa. If I can do it this morning, I can actually pick this up yeah. on the way to the podcast. Um, and uh, so I emailed him, and then I looked at the ad again and realized like it said to call. Yeah, I was like, okay, so at this price, I got a call. Uh, we haven't said the prices. Let's or did we? No, we did. I said, said forty five bucks. The the ad was forty five bucks. Yeah. So um, this one's in. It's a little beat up. I there's some there's some crust on I it. I want to say it's been what like played. I don't think this is a necessarily a player guitar. No, the I just frets think are it's pretty been, good. The frets are in great condition. The frets remind me a lot of the uh, Japanese uh, Fender Stratocaster yeah. I have from the same era. They're just these low flat frets. Uh-huh. Uh, super fast neck. Oh yeah. Uh, so like it just feels great. Everything about this guitar. Is really cool. If you're a light touch kind of guy, this is a yeah. great guitar for you. At forty, we'll say forty five until I get into the story. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm tempted just to keep it. Well, we'll I'm I'm a flip machine. Yeah. And like I said, I've got. We'll talk about that a little bit. This at the is beginning definitely next in your wheelhouse as far as tones go. Yeah. And feel. Uh, we did bring it in and plug it in, and it does need uh, a couple things to uh, yeah. be fixed on it. One of the the middle positions on the switch yeah. doesn't isn't working, and that's probably just you know it just needs to have the little connector bent. Yeah, let's break it up. Yeah, you, uh, you want to play play that thing? Uh, you know, let's talk about it a little bit more. I don't think we have a song for today, so maybe I can just okay, cool. play out the episode. Yeah, on we'll this do thing. that at the end. Um, so I call this guy up and I get a hold of him, and he's like forty five bucks, and I'm like, hey, I can come right now. I'm on my way to like I'm going to be leaving for Mira Mason like half an hour, um, so if you're available, like I can come and get it right now. He's like, "Oh yeah, that sounds great," and whatever. I was like, "All right, here's the thing: the ATM only gives twenties. Like all I have are twenties, right? Would you like?" I told him like I feel like a total jerk asking this. Because your price is great. $45 yeah. is a great... Sheesh. It's, an, it's an insane price. That's a good Let's price for firewood. Um, and I was like... 
I was like, would you do 40? <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, sure, that's great. Like, yeah. he just wanted to move I it. I mean, at 45, he's basically giving this thing away anyway, yeah. so he doesn't yeah. care. Uh, I came over when I first got here. Lauren was like, your wife, oh, asked me, oh, is that the, gu- the guitar? And she, I was like, yeah. And she's like, is it, is it worth what you paid? I'm like, if I lit this thing on fire right now and use it to warm myself, <laughs> like, it would be worth $45 in firewood. Right, right. Uh <laughs> I don't know what just spaghetti. Happened. Oh, spaghetti. Yeah, yeah she's uh, yeah. Um, so uh, no one thing- knows what I, why I just said spaghetti. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the, the guitar wasn't in tune. Like I don't. I don't know what the guy's story was when I went there. He wasn't even there. It was just like his wife. Uh-huh. She answers the door. She's like, I was like, oh hi, is is you know the, the guy here? She's like, no. She's like, you came for the guitar, right? I was like, yeah. She hands me the guitar. I gave her forty bucks. It wasn't in tune. The right. strings actually look fairly new, which yeah. is weird to me. They're really fresh strings. Um, but they're like completely not in tune. I actually like tuned it up and then I strummed like twice and it fell out of tune. So I actually had to stretch the strings out. That's uh-huh. what makes me think they're new. Either that or like just nothing has been moved on this guitar in such a long time. I don't know. Yeah. Um but it's it's definitely it's beat up but not really played. It's yeah, odd. it's interesting, and it's seen. I think it's got an aftermarket pickup in the bridge. Yeah, which is it's some kind of import pickup. I'm almost certain it looks like some kind of Japanese strap pickup. Yeah, I mean it might have been. Yeah, a but replacement from that time. It's got the two original covered white pickups in the middle and the neck. Like we said, the middle doesn't engage right now, but the neck just sounds amazing, and I'll be playing around with that later. Yeah, um, but. Like I said, this kind of this had one of my pet peeves in the listing, and then I kind of committed one of my own like cardinal right. rule sins, which was, you know, I like to list things in in twenties. Yeah, totally. Because I figure I know a lot. Actually, the ATMs around here now will do like fives and tens. Oh, will they? Um, a lot of them will. Not all of them. Huh. Um, but I still think in rule of twenties. Like I don't. I don't like listing things for even like 50 bucks, which is funny. Yeah. I actually have an amp up right now for 50 bucks. Well, I have a cabinet for 50 bucks and $10 more for the amp. So it's 60. So I'm still following my own rule. Uh, <laughs> but when I usually when I list stuff, like I won't list a guitar at 325, I'll list it at 320. Yeah. And then I'll drop the price to like 300 and then 280. Like I always, I try to work within like a framework of 20s. Just because I feel like it that's it more easier convenient. for everyone. So at 45, I was like, oh, like 45. But then that's more of a pet peeve. My rule of thumb is don't lowball an offer that's already like yeah. freaking nuts. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I would not have offered $40 over email. It was only because I had the guy on the phone and he like seemed pretty excited about it. And I was kind of able to like roll this into like a sympathetic... Uh, kind of jokey way, like, hey, like, if you could, like, literally, I think I told him, like, hey, I sound like a jerk, but I, or like, I know I sound like a jerk asking this. Like, I preface this, like, sure, you do not have to do me this favor, right? Totally. But if you could, it would be totally rad. It would, like, just save me a lot of problems of having to go to the store and, like, buy a candy bar to right. get a five. Yeah, to get changed. Um, and the guy was, like, he was just totally cool about it. Um, like I said, this is an SQ serial. It's stated. It's stamped on the on the uh, neck plate. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with it. 
these necks in mint condition go for $125, oh, $150 yeah. on eBay. I've seen these guitars in mint condition. I would be go. super stoked to strap to to throw that neck on a Telecaster. Yeah, I, I've seen these guitars go on eBay as high as 300 Yeah, uh, that's got to be pretty clean, though. Yeah, the, the typically, I mean, 300 is a rarity. They typically go in like the 150 to 250 range. There's just a lot of variation. I would guess that this guitar minimally is worth $125. Oh, yeah. Um, like if you sold it as is right now. Yeah. Uh, I think I could repair the switch. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to find out what that pickup is, or at least I'm going to look a little more closely at it because I'm going to have to take it apart to look at that switch. Uh-huh. Um, but this is, uh, this is just a, it's a great deal. Yeah. The tuners look really good on it, too. The uh, they tuners have, turn, tune, tune well. The the casings have a ton of patina. Yeah, but I think that's you know I kind of the more I'm looking at it, the more I like the patina. It's got some patina on the output jack, and yeah. it's got some green crust on the bridge saddles. I'd almost say leave it because it's kind of classy. Yeah, like it kind of shows its age in a good way instead right. of a bad way. This is definitely um, the guy. The guy, uh, the, the place I went to, um, if any of you guys live near military bases, you know what the military base sticker looks like. Uh-huh. Uh, he had one. Uh, there was one on like the vehicle parked in his driveway. Uh, okay. So he's a military guy. So I'm guessing at some point in the past, um, he probably lived like on a coastal military base, maybe even sure. like on a coastal military base here in San Diego. Or he like, bought it from someone who or, did. Or he bought it from someone else he knew. Like, it, yeah. you know, Miramay says there's a ton of Marines around here. Yeah. So it might have been a Marine family. I don't know. Um, it's fun to speculate on what the story might have been. Sure. Um, but this is just a cool guitar. It plays great. And uh, I'm, like I said, I don't even know if I want to sell it. Like, I want to because... You want that money. I want the money, but... You've this, got other stuff you're flipping right now. I do, and I can already like get back to normal if I sell all that stuff. Yeah. Like if I sell my Strat right now for uh, $250, i have made money on the totality of... Everything that you I'm bought. I'm still working on that MIM Strat. Why can't I sell it? Why isn't it selling? How much do you have it up for now, Ryan? $280. i am going to probably yeah. drop it to $260 soon. I have a feeling you're going to see it go around $225. Either way, like I, I mean, that'll that'll still put me over six hundred. I got to break yeah. six hundred to break even. I've still got actually one other piece that I'm working on. Again, we'll talk about this. More yeah, next we'll talk episode. about that next episode. Um. So, so yeah, should I uh, plug this thing and uh, yeah, noodle yeah, around with world. it? Um. So again, this has been CC Cycle Hum episode thirty four. Yeah. Check out Big Ear New York City. Big Ear NYC pedals, super awesome. Yeah. Um, we will have the link on our site, and here's going to be some Ryan playing some guitar. Yep. See you next time, guys. Yep. All right, guys. Here is the uh, the Squire Bullet 1 that Steve just got. I'm going to be playing this thing. Right now, I'm running it through my vintage uh, SD1, my Boss SD1, and a little bit of a reverb, but not nothing else, really. <laughs> That is the neck pickup on it. This is what the middle pickup sounds like. 
Sounds like nothing because uh, the switch is dead in that, in that position. Here, I'll throw it on the on the bridge. You can see what that sounds like too. Definitely a little bit thinner. It's got that real like quacky single coil sort of thing going on. A little bit hollow, uh, but it sounds pretty good. Just for some fun, I'm going to play it out with uh, some weirdness from my pedal board. I'll probably throw in the vibro thing and maybe a little bit of delay or something like that. (laughs) 